Welcome back to another episode of the Sexmancers Podcast. You know, one of the great things about the whole COVID-19 is that it has allowed me to be a lot more productive and given me more of the ability to be able to answer a lot of your emails. And this episode, I'm starting off by answering a listener question because this is a question that comes up to me quite often, far often than it should. And I thought instead of going through and answering individually to everyone who has this question, I will go ahead and answer on the podcast so everybody can get the information that they need up front and be able to implement this right away rather than waiting for me to get through, you know, an, a never ending inbox. You know, the one thing that I've hated throughout all of life is the email inbox. It's never ending, right? But I thought I would go through and answer this so that everybody can get the help that they need that is in this particular situation. And so here it is. It's an unmarried couple. They've been together for about a year and a half. He works. She's a student. They've been living together for about a, ve- for about a year. And she's starting to feel like she's his mother because she's doing all of the housework. She's doing all the cooking, the cleaning, the laundry, packing his lunch. Really packing his lunch for work? Jeepers. No wonder you're starting to feel like his mother. And it's always interesting because I hear people calling in to, you know, these nationally syndicated radio show hosts, the experts of the experts, or going on and trying to get advice from people on TV. Or in the digital influencer space, you know, the people with the much larger audience on YouTube or who have been around longer than I have in the podcasting space. And the the answer always starts off with this worthless, well, honey, have you tried talking to him about it? And, and I'm here listening uh, to that. You know, now this question did come directly to me. I'm just saying when I've heard you know, before I started this podcast advice giving out, why I thought I needed to make this podcast to give women more direct and more real advice, you know, without sugarcoating it, without giving a damn for political correctness. Because I would hear other people give out the generic advice, starting off by, have you tried talking to him about it? Did you try sharing your feeling? And then going through and telling them, well, you just need to kind of sit down, share your feelings, discuss it. And I'm like, no. No, I mean, no wonder you have a nationally syndicated radio show. I mean, this, I, no one would have ever thought that if you had a problem in your relationship, that you should sit down and try talking about it. No. Uh, I can't believe it. You're definitely worth that millions of dollars a year that you get on a nationally syndicated show. I mean, when I go through and I give advice, I yes, I've talked about in the past, you know, going down, sitting down and talking, you know, but I've talked about it as with a purpose, you know, sit down talking about your personal finances, right? Because you need to sit down and talk about that. I mean, you need to do that every single month in order to actually agree on what that month's budget is. Right? Or to communicate, you know, what you do and don't like in bed. Right? So yes, that's been some advice. But in a situation like this, going, 
Have you talked about it? I'm just going to go ahead and assume that you've already tried talking about it. You've already tried sharing your feelings about it and asked for more help and it didn't work. And that's why you're now trying to get help because between you, your friends, your family, whoever you go normally go to for advice about everything, I'm assuming that you're all smart enough to have at least gone through the whole, have you tried talking to him about it? So I'm going to assume that you've already done that and it didn't work. Nothing changed, right? So let's get into a more direct approach here. That's going to work. Step one, stop being his mother. Stop acting like his mother, right? Make him do his own damn laundry, right? Now, don't just blindside him with, the hamper already being overflowing and then saying, Hey, you know what? You do your own laundry. Okay. So maybe after you do the laundry one last time, you go ahead and you just tell him, Hey, guess what? I got school. You know, I got to go to class. I got to do the homework. I got to prepare for finals. You know, I can't do everything around the house anymore. So guess what? You're going to have to do your own laundry. Now take a look at that statement there. You're not asking him. You're telling him that you're no longer going to be able to do his laundry for him. Now, when you take a look at the laundry, right, you may have a difference in how much laundry needs to pile up before you do it. So let's say the reason why you've been doing his laundry is because you feel like laundry needs to be done whenever the dirty clothes hamper is half full. He may be thinking, well, you wait until the dirty hamper is completely full before you do laundry, in which case you're doing his laundry has just been you getting to it before he would. And it's not that he expected you to do it, but rather your lower tolerance for the mess had you doing it before he naturally would. So when you go off and you start saying, hey, you know what? I can't do your laundry anymore. I just don't have the time. You're going to have to do it. And you are going to have to be prepared for letting that laundry pile up a little bit more than what you normally do. Instead of, you know, trying to get it done when it's only halfway up the dirty clothes hamper, you're going to have to let the hamper get full. Now, there is a chance here that he may think, oh, you're not serious, right? And let it pile up and maybe let the laundry basket overflow. But guess what? As long as you refuse to do his laundry, after him wearing the same dirty underwear for a few times in a row, he's going to figure out that you're serious and he'll learn how to use the washer and dryer if he wants clean clothes. All right? So just let him know. Tell him about it. Tell him and then don't do his laundry. All right? And then after he does the laundry once and you've maintained your resolve, by not doing it, no matter how much it gets overflowing in the laundry basket, he's going to do it once, and then he's going to realize that he's going to need to do it constantly, right? This whole, well, could you, you know, maybe consider doing a little bit more around the house? I mean, that is a weak ask. So going through and just saying, hey, I, I, I can't do this anymore, you do it, right? Same thing with his lunch. You know, don't just, you know, send, have him go off to work with nothing to eat, you know, one day. Let him know, hey, starting this day, uh, because I can't get around to everything, I'm going to stop making your lunch. Now, I'm looking back at this, and I'm going, 
you know, me and my wife, we started dating back in high school, back in 2001. We've been married since 2008. Never once has she made me a lunch for work. I've always had to make my own lunch for work. You know, and guess what? I never really thought about it. Until I started getting emails like this, I never really thought about the idea that she would make a lunch for me to go to work. You know, and I've always done my own laundry. You know, she's, you know, now maybe once in a while she'll do my laundry. Like if I have to take a trip out of town, you know, for an unexpected reason and the lawn and it was getting close to laundry day, once in a blue moon, she might do my laundry. But for the most part, I do my own laundry and we share in doing the kids laundry. So this isn't, you know, a guy thing you know, about expecting women to do all the chores around the house, right? It's more of a, you know, maybe, you know, you just had a lower tolerance for mess, and so you got around to it before he would, and then he just got used to it. It's part of the routine. So, yes, just be more forceful and assertive, letting them know that you're not going to be doing all the cleaning anymore, and let them know that if you want clean clothes, you do your own laundry. If you want to eat, you're going to have to make your own food for work, you know, because you just don't have the time to do everything. But I do want to make a note here when it comes to the cooking. In today's world, women are still better cooks than men, right? And in a lot of households, women do most of the cooking. And part of that is because men, well, our cooking skills are rather lacking. And maybe you've been doing all the cooking because you decided that you wanted meals that didn't come 100% out of the microwave, right? Or maybe, you know, the guy can throw a pizza in the oven. Now, a lot of guys, you know, when it comes to meats, yes, you know, we are the grill masters. That seems to be about the only place we know how to cook anything. And meat seems to be about the only thing most men know how to cook, right? So make a special note of that. and then. Think about when you have kids yourself, you're married, you have kids, you have a son. Women, teach your boy how to cook. Teach your sons how to cook. You know, let this be the situation in which your, in which their future wives can come to you and go, thank you for making it so I don't have to cook all the time. Right? Now, his lack of cooking ability might be the one legitimate thing in which you can blame your mother-in-law for. That may be the one problem in your relationship where you can go, you know, man, my mother-in-law, she just didn't raise him right. You know, she didn't teach him how to cook. And so she screwed me into having to do all the cooking around the house. All right. So that may be the one legitimate thing that you can go off and blame your mother-in-law for a problem in your relationship his lack of cooking ability. Now, let's say for whatever reason, just telling him that, hey, you don't have time to do everything. If you want clean clothes, you have to do it yourself. What if that doesn't work, right? Because there is a small segment of the male population that makes the rest of us look really bad. And we'll still be resistant uh, to that. And We'll still try and get on your case about the laundry not being done. Still trying to think that it's your responsibility to do the laundry. You know, 
And it's your responsibility to keep him fed, to cook, cook and, uh, make his work lunches for him. Right. And when you stop doing that, may get upset a little bit, may be resistant and may be trying to pressure you because for some of you women out there, you're more of a high S personality on the disc profile. And so you don't like confrontation. Now, men, men generally like confrontation. We're raised for confrontation. You know, I know that when I was growing up, what would happen? My dad would take me to the car lot all the time just to show about confrontation and negotiating. You know, and this is one of the main things uh, that could cause the disparity between men and women, especially in the workforce, where men, you know, not being afraid of conf- confrontation, you know, will go in, do a job interview. You know, they'll offer the employment. They'll tell you what they're offering in salary. And what will a man do? A man will come back and go, well, how about uh, we try raising that up to this wage, right? He goes, yeah, well, you want, uh, you're offering 20 an hour? Hey, let's bump that up to uh, 2250 and, you know, and I'll start on Monday, right? You know, men will be more assertive in asking for more money. Men will be more assertive in taking more risks on the job. You know, while some of those risks will backfire on us, some of those risks will pay off and lead to promotional opportunities. You know, but for women, a lot of women are risk adverse, whether that is because of how you were raised, you know, and being told, hey, you can't be as assertive or whatever, or whether that's just natural personality, because not all men are assertive. There are some high S personality men who avoid confrontation and they generally don't, you know, go as far as the more assertive uh, person. So when you're in uh, the relationship aspect and you're talking about, you know, getting him to do more and let's say you've, you know, gone through step one, which telling him that you're no longer going to do anything. That's what I call step one. That's what I call the lighter touch approach, right? And my lighter touch is some people's uh, heavier touch, right? So that's my lighter touch approach. But sometimes that doesn't always work. And he's going to try and get on your case a little bit, trying to get you back into doing his laundry for him because he's gotten used to it. You know, he's on easy street. He doesn't want to give up easy street. And he's gotten used to you making him a little lunch. And maybe you even go as far as heart-shaped bread cutters. Right? And so he may push back a little bit. So you may need to get a little more assertive and a little more direct with him. So how do you do that? Well, here's an, here's an advice that you won't get anywhere else. And this is my step two advice here. Right? That is, if he won't change, get a picture of his mother, right? And make it a, decent size picture. So you may spend a few bucks on that, right? And then a picture of you, right? Make it the same size. Hang both pictures up in the bedroom side by side where he won't be able to miss it. And then put a banner above it with a simple question. Who do you think you're sleeping with? Right? If you feel like you're his mother and he's treating you like you're his mother, having to do all the cleaning and picking up after him, 
Well, then simply ask him who he thinks he's sleeping with. I tell you, when he walks into that bedroom and he sees that question hanging over a picture of you and his mother side by side, it's going to be a jolt to his system. You know, it's going to be kind of a, that, and it's going to be hard for him to be sexually aroused with a picture of his mother in the bedroom. You know, especially when you're claiming that he apparently thinks he's sleeping with his mother, right? Now, yes, that's a little more direct. That's a little more confrontation. But that starts to get a little bit more uh, a jolt to him, letting him know that you're damn serious. So go through. Try that method. Who do you think you're sleeping with? Now, if you want to put a little extra emphasis on that, You know, you could take that same picture of his mother, print it out on a piece of paper, you know, cut out the eye holes, cut out, you know, a little mouth hole so that you can breathe as well. You know, make a little mask out of it and then wear it around the house one day, right? So if he goes through and still refusing to do his own laundry and trying to get on your case about him only having dirty clothes and you hang up that picture in the bedroom with that question, and you're wearing a mask of his mother walking around the house. He comes home. He sees you with a mask of his mother over your face, goes into the bedroom, sees uh, that side-by-side picture with that question. He's going to get the hint, right? And from there, he's either going to change or you're going to have to make some tough decision, right? Because if you're going through all of that, telling him he's going to do his own laundry, and you have to go as far as to do that side-by-side picture and wear his mother's face as a mask. If you have to go to that length, first off, that's kind of sad that you have to go to that length. But if you go to that length and he's not changing his behavior, he's still getting on you to do the laundry. Then you got some decisions to make about the future, you know, about whether or not this is the guy you want to spend the rest of your life with. Now, if you're already married, Yes, you know, it's a little bit harder to just up and leave. And that's doubly true if you have kids, right? But in this particular situation, you know, you're not married. And here's the danger that you got to be thinking about. If he's already like this and you're not even married yet, once you get married, it's going to get even worse because as time goes on, and the more solid the relationships seem, you know, especially through marriage, the easier it is to get kind of laxed, you know, slack off and maybe take the other person for granted. You know, and it's before marriage that the guy is supposed to do, be doing all he can to, you know, convince you that he is the long term. He is the tell death do us part to impress you. And this guy doesn't seem like he's doing much, you know, impressing whatsoever. And so you got to be thinking about, is this the guy that you're going to want to be spending the rest of your life with? You know, and how much worse things could get after marriage. You know, and so not all relationships can be saved. I mean, if they could, we would marry the first person we've ever dated in our life. But we know that, you know, we kind of date a few people before we find Mr. Right, before we find Mrs. Right, right? It takes knowing 
the knowing and figuring out the people that we don't want to spend our lives with to try and know what to look out for and the exact opposite qualities that make up Mr. and Mrs. Wright. But even then, if you still feel like you, you know, you're in love, you, you know, your emotions are just telling you, yes, but I still love him, right? And I don't want to leave. Well, then you can force him to make the decision. And no, I don't mean by going up to him and giving him an ultimatum. Either you do your own laundry or we're through. Do not, no, no, that is not how you do that, right? There is another way to do this. So if after putting up the pictures and, you know, wearing his mother's, you know, a picture as a mask on your face and doesn't work, then what you start doing is you give them nice, well, I shouldn't say subtle, you know, but maybe what is considered subtle for a guy. Hint that you're getting ready to leave. And that is you start off by one night a week, you're spending the night at a friend's house, at one of your girlfriend's house, right? Now, if he doesn't say anything, and maybe he starts acting like he's looking forward to that, you start seeing that, you know, he wasn't considering you the long term. He was, he was, you know, going through and being lazy and having you pick up after him, knowing that you weren't the long term, but he was just looking for someone to do all the things that he didn't want to do while he then stalls and tries to find Mrs. Wright, right? And having a live-in maid that you can have sex with, hey, you know, it's still easy before marriage to be able to pack up and go, right? And so you start spending the night, you know, more and more at a friend's house, you know, letting them know that you're getting ready to leave and see whether or not he reacts or does anything to change. Whether he brings it up, you know, trying to say, hey, you know, I'm starting to feel like, you know, the relationship is falling apart. You know, let's work on this. You know, and he starts figuring out that he needs to change and he starts making those changes. Right. That's one thing. But if you start getting to the point where you're spending four nights a week, spending the night at a friend's house and he's not saying anything. Well, then it's not you deciding to end the relationship. And it's not you, you know, giving up on love. It's him basically telling you that, hey, this relationship wasn't going anywhere anyways. I just, you know, was enjoying you doing all the work for me so that when I got home, I didn't have to do anything except for kick up on the chair and relax in front of the TV. That, that's how you know whether or not this is the long term or not by the fact that when you start spending more and more time away from the house, whether or not he, you know, brings up and tries to reel you back in, you know, changes ways, understand that, you know, he's on the verge of losing you. And that is worse than making the change to do his own laundry. So I hope that helps and provides you the information that you need. You know, again, I'm assuming you've already tried sitting down and talking to him and that didn't work. So my advice is stop being his mother by telling him that, hey, I can't do this anymore. You have to do your own laundry if you want clean clothes and then stop doing his laundry, you know, and 
hold firm to that. Same thing with his lunch. And, you know, when it comes to other house items, you know, maybe you can pick some things that you say that you're not going to do anymore. And I understand that when it comes to the bathroom, it's kind of hard to do that because, you know, you need to use the bathroom. But there are other, you know, things that you can do. You know, just stop cooking for them, you know, and only cook for yourself, you know, if you won't change. So just let them know you're not going to be his mother. You're not going to do these items anymore for him, like cooking his lunch or doing his laundry, and he's going to have to do it himself. And then just stop and wait for him to do it himself. If that doesn't work, step two, picture of you and his mother side by side in the bedroom with the banner asking, who do you think you're sleeping with? Wear a picture of his mother as a face mask while you walk around the house after he gets home. And then if that still doesn't work, then there's the start spending some time out of the house at a friend's house. See if he changes. If that doesn't work, the relationship just wasn't going anywhere anyways. So I hope this helps you and provides you much better advice than the generic crap that you get from these overblown egos of, I've been giving advice for all these years, and look at me, I'm syndicated, so I must be an expert. Watch me give generic advice that really doesn't help out much that you have already tried and failed, but I'm going to ask you to do it again. Now, for those of you who have been facing this situation and you've been sending me emails asking me for help on how to get him to do more around the house, implement this and let me know how it goes for you. Right? Let me know what the reaction is. You know, did, the, did it save the relationship? Did it get him to pick up and do more around the house? Or did this lead to the situation where the relationship is determined to be unsalvageable? You know, and married women, you know, who are in this situation, let me know too. You know, because I understand that I've been going at this more from those who are premarital, you know, and trying to judge everything. But for you married women, I want you to try this as well. And then let me know how it goes. You know, send me a quick email. Let me know how far down this road you had to go before he changed his ways. Did you have to spend more and more time at a friend's house or was just not doing the laundry enough? And I want to know how many of you had to resort to putting a picture of his mother in the bedroom asking the question. I want to know how many of you do this and I want to know how many of you got the results that you were looking for? Because I can tell you from my perspective, if I was in a situation where my wife was getting that blunt and frustrated with me, I would be like, oh, crap, I'm a horrible person. I need to step up. So let me know. And if you want, you know, you can also send me a message and come on as a guest to the show where you can talk to the audience about maybe some of the more creative ways you went about implementing this advice and how long it took to get the results that you wanted. So if you also want to come on and talk to everybody, I'm I'm good with that. I would love to have you on the show. Okay, so let's take a few moments to switch gears here and 
some of this has to relate to COVID-19, you know, the coronavirus and everything. And let's face it, the longer this drags on, the harder it is to figure out ways to cope with it. I mean, you've probably already done almost all the activities. You can't keep up, you know, a high level of sexual activity. I mean, at some point, you know, no matter if you get at it too many times a day, it's, you start to feel a little sore and he may not be able to get it up uh, as solidly as he was uh, towards the beginning of this. You know, and, you know, the kids are home and, you know, that whole two hours, you know, alone, you know, in a room, you know, taking turns between you and your spouse is not being as effective because as the kids are home and they're getting cabin fever from not being able to go anywhere, your time alone, you can still hear all the yelling and screaming and the fighting. You know, uh, some of you may still be lucky enough to be able to get out and go for a walk, right? Some of you, not so much, but some of you may still be able to do that. But as you have kids, you know, uh, the kids going for a walk, uh, not being able to go to the playground, well, it gets boring. The scenery is the same. There's nothing to do. You know, it's just walking or it's just a bike ride. You know, they can only handle doing the same thing so many days in a row. That is not actually, you know, playing or having a whole lot of fun, right? And so some of you, uh, if you can, you know, are able to say, okay, instead of just, you know, staying in the house, you know, in a room in isolation for a two-hour break a day, you know, maybe you're going out and taking turns going for a walk. Okay, that can work. But a lot of you, you know, you could be in areas in which going outside for a walk is not possible. And so therefore, you know, the longer this drags on, the less and less your coping mechanisms are working. Right now, for some of you, you're considered essential workers. Congratulations. You get to continue going into work. And for some of you, you may be able to work from home, but you're finding out that working from home with the kids home all day is more stressful than anything else. And you're not able to get that relaxation time. So, you know, I'm trying to figure out more and more ways, uh, for you to be able to cope. You know, uh, exercising in the home, you know, getting in more isolation time, you know, trying to figure out the whole walking, but not able to take your small kids to the park, all of that. Um, as I learn for more ways to cope, I will share them with you. But right now, uh, everything that I'm doing, uh, to be able to cope, uh, with the situation is becoming less and less effective the longer this draws out. And let's face it, no coping mechanism can last long term. Now, we can just hope that by the time the summer hits and the heat and viruses not surviving as long in the heat, that that will give us a break. But then they tell us there's a possibility that this could come back in the fall. So I would suggest in the summertime, going out there, having as much uh, fun as you can when the virus and the spread of it, you know, drastically decreases or no longer becomes a threat, you know, and this becomes more of a seasonal thing. And then prepare for the fall, right? Now, when the fall comes, hopefully all the advancements and everything uh, that we are finding out will make it so that this is not nearly as bad. But I do have a question for you ladies out there as we go through and we cope through the COVID-19. Are you trusting your vibrator still? Now, some of you may be using your vibrators a lot more, you know, and it may be because, you know, you're one of those people that 
during stressful times, ha, you know, uses sex as a stress coping mechanism. And therefore you're needing so much sex that he can't get it up anymore. And so you're reverting or, uh, resorting to using the vibrator, you know, maybe once or twice a day, uh, when he is not, uh, able to get it up, you know, and which depends on his age, you know, as guys get older, the time it takes for us to recover, you know, gets a little bit longer. But one of the questions I have here is as you go out and you start thinking about purchasing more vibrators to get different feelings, different sensations, different penetration angles, and all of that, are you really trusting your vibrators? Because look at that vibrator. I'm pretty sure it has a made in China on there, right? Made in China for a lot of you. And are you still purchasing your vibrators from China? Uh, that is a good question, considering that that is the heart of where the outbreak started. Now, that's not, you know, a racial thing. You know, first of all, China is a geographical location, and it's not racist to point out a geographical location in which some, something had started from. You know, but, you know, I just want to go through and ask you about that, you know, how you feel about your purchasing decisions. Uh, since, uh, the outbreak and whether or not you're doing a little more research on where your vibrators and sex toys are being manufactured before you order anything new. I mean, we've already found out that, you know, China manufactures the hand sanitizers and the sanitizing wipes and all of that. And so, you know, just kind of interesting, you know, that where the outbreak started is where all the hand sanitizer and protective gear uh, for it is being manufactured. What that tells us, I don't know. I just think it's kind of interesting and wanted to know how that is influencing your purchasing decision. But the one thing I do know for sure, the one thing I know for sure is that with this virus outbreak, we know that Hollywood lied to us. That's right. I'm blaming Hollywood for being completely bored right now. Why? Because Hollywood, think about this. Every time they come out with a movie about, you know, the potential of an apocalypse, it, it seems exciting. It seems cool. It seems like, wow, I would love to have an adventure like that. You know, alien invaders come, you grab your guns, you get into some fighter jets and you go blow the hell out of their spaceship, right? Or maybe it's a climate uh, type uh, apocalypse. In which case, you have to get out of the house and you have to make your way to a location in which you think is going to be safe. There are people, you know, some good, some bad, you know, and it's just one big, exciting, action-packed adventure. And then when Hollywood goes off and talks about a viral outbreak, what usually happens? Well, the virus does something when it's new to mankind or when the virus mutates, right? I mean, we have a virus outbreak and there's no zombies. What the hell? What the hell is going on with that? A virus outbreak new to mankind and there's no zombies? And, of course, it doesn't come out and give you new mutant powers like X-Men. You know, it doesn't create anything like, all of a sudden, I have telekinesis. You know, and there's definitely no spawning of a vampire race. So, you know, when we go through and we take a look at reality versus Hollywood, what are we finding now? Hollywood makes the apocalypse seem like it's one big cool adventure of something that tests mankind and mankind will prevail. And then a virus outbreak comes on and they, and they come out and tell us it's like an apocalypse based off of the modeling and everything. 
And our survival is dependent on our ability to sit on our ass and watch TV. Well, that's pretty boring. I mean, if Hollywood was truthful about the apocalypse, would you actually go to the movie? If Hollywood came out with a movie about the apocalypse and the, and the way to survive it was to sit on your ass and watch TV, would you go to the movies and watch it? No, probably not. Which is why Hollywood had to lie to us about how the apocalypse would be and how exciting the apocalypse would be. You know, and nothing uh, uh, about this is exciting. In fact, people are like, God, can we just cancel the apocalypse already? You know, I can't take much more of this. Some people are out there going, you know what? Risking death is better than, you know, being home all day long. You know, and for some of you, you know, maybe that's because of some of the personal choices you have made uh, in life. You know, uh, maybe you realize that your kids, uh, you know, well, you're not raising them right or, you know, for some other reason. You know, but survival of the apocalypse, right? And you start wondering, you know, the, about the cosmic forces behind this, right? How lazy are they? You know, you think about, you know, maybe there's some cosmic force and all of a sudden they're like, well, you know what? We have to meet our, our potential apocalypse quota. But man, you know, this Facebook is so interesting. Ah, eh, let's just throw a little something at them, right? Like they're that, like the forces behind the apocalypse is that lazy coworker that don't, that's only half-assing it, right? Or maybe, maybe they were actually going to come out and actually give us a real apocalypse, but then saw all the videos and the memes we came out with and said, no, 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 we can't wipe them out. I mean, these guys are just too entertaining. If we wiped out the human race with this virus, you know, who would be there to entertain us, right? And so I I, I don't know. I, I just feel like, you know, the way Hollywood presents viral outbreaks and, you know, apocalyptic events and what really happens is such a disparity that the reality is very disappointing. I don't know. That, that's just my perception. What about you? Now, for those of you, and I'm kind of switching gears uh, just a little bit here, that are working from home. Now, besides, you know, uh, the distraction of realizing that the kids are yelling and screaming, even if you don't have kids, you got to be careful when you work from home because although this is pretty funny, it's also one of those things where whoever recorded it and posted it online, ooh, man. You know, that, that, that is, uh, you know, that coworker should be fired. So anyways, you got to be careful about the camera that you have when you're doing video conferencing, uh, with your coworkers and the microphone. First of all, that microphone can probably pick up a lot more than what you're thinking. And so if, uh, you leave the camera for a little bit so that you and your husband or you and your wife, you know, can do a little smooching and a little dirty talking and all that. Chances are they can hear that on the microphone, you know? So that is one thing, but the camera, the camera, oh man, you got to be careful about that camera. So there's a video uh, that was posted online about a group that was doing a video conferencing, you know, uh, for their job, because this is a group of people who can work from home. And one of the ladies on there, you know, to get away from the kids and everything, was doing her video conferencing in the bathroom. Well, it turns out she actually had to go to the bathroom, you know, to, you know, uh, well, to use the toilet. 
and she didn't turn the camera away enough. And so she, um, you know, or she forgot about the camera because you don't really think about a camera in the bathroom. And so she had slightly turned uh, the camera and she started going and using the bathroom. And someone was actually screen recording this as it was happening. And it wasn't until, uh, people, uh, kind of started laughing and snickering and, you know, maybe trying to get her attention that she realized that, hey, her time on the toilet is being viewed by everybody she works with. Everybody. Now, this is an incredibly embarrassing moment. And she had to quickly go off and try and turn that camera, you know, as completely around and, you know, finish her business and everything. But imagine that, you know, you're working from home. You know, you forget about the camera and how wide angle uh, that it can be. You don't turn it enough. And all of a sudden, all your coworkers are watching you using the toilet. You know, now, heaven forbid, if you actually let one rip and fart as you went number two. But man, can you imagine having to look those people in the eye again on the next video conference or, you know, when all of this is lifted, having to go back to work and you know, interacting with everyone after they just saw you taking a crap on a video conference because you forgot about the camera, that would be horribly embarrassing. But then for someone to actually screen record that and post it online, first off, that person who posted online, if it's figured out who it is, and which, by the way, they could easily figure out who it is, they would most certainly be fired uh, for doing so but could be potentially facing some type of legal action uh, for doing that. You know, so I, I just want to put that out there for you so that you can, you know, learn or, you know, be aware of, you know, yeah, you're working from home, you're doing this video conferencing, you're not used to it yet, and so you may not be thinking or paying attention to what the camera and the microphone is all picking up, right? So you know, go ahead and keep that into consideration as you go. Now, one last thing uh, that I want to go through here, and, you know, this is kind of a fun topic, but it's also a financial topic. All right, so some of you, you know, you're not able to work from home and you're losing your job, right? Money is getting tight, and you're trying to consider activities that you can do online. You know, podcasting, video, blogging, you know, uh, reselling stuff. Right on eBay, I can tell you what on eBay, you know, the sales of movies have gone up uh, quite a bit as people are looking for entertainment. But in any event, there is one thing that you could consider, and it depends on where you at in your life, you know, and you know your comfort level and everything like that. Which is, should you and your spouse start creating porn and posting them up on Pornhub? Because just like YouTube, if you get enough. You know, people watching and you can get them monetized. You can make money from people watching you have sex. So should you actually go through and consider that into your money-making opportunities? Well, the question or the answer to that is it depends, right? It depends. You know, uh, the answer first depends on do you have a positive body image? If you don't have a positive body image of yourself, you're not going to perform well on camera. And you're going to be embarrassed and chances are you're probably never going to post it anyways. You know, so why even consider it? It's kind of hard to say, Hey, I'm going to go ahead and post, you know, uh, make money by letting people watch me have sex with my spouse. You know, 
and then go off and go, well, I don't like the way I look. You know, my butt is lopsided. My boobs uh, are uneven or too small or too big or too veiny. You know, uh, I got a little baby belly if you have kids, you know, and then you start going, oh, man. So it depends on how comfortable you are with your body image. The next thing that you got to consider, if you're going to go off and use Pornhub and posting videos of you and your husband or you and your wife having sex on there for money, um, is how would you feel if somebody you knew watched it? I mean, think about this. Pornhub is a very popular site, you know, uh, for free porn. And so chances are, you know, if you post a video on there, there is a chance that somebody you know could end up finding it and watching it. You know, and how would you feel if they brought that up to you in a conversation? What if it was your, you know, parents, you know, that found that? Now, of course, you'd be wondering, why are you watching Pornhub? No, wait, 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 wait. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Uh, uh, uh. You know, and for some of you, depending on your age, it might be your kids, you know, <laughs> and try having that conversation uh, for a moment. But you got to think about how you would feel if, you know, out of all the traffic, if somebody you knew saw you, making porno, uh, you know, with your spouse in order to try and collect a little extra money, you know, to make it through uh, the financial times. The next thing uh, that you got to, you know, consider as far as your ability to make money and attract viewers to those videos are this. Can you make it more entertaining than everything else already on Pornhub? Now, I've been pointing this out, you know, for a while that, you know, porno is lazy right? Porn stars are lazy. They have no acting ability. A lot of times they don't even try and act. They don't even start with their clothes on and going through the seduction and all of that. A lot of times porn will start, they're already naked and already starting off at it, you know, and you go through and you're like, well, this is boring. You know, some of you like the story of it, right? Some of you want it to start at the beginning, you know, first getting together, the little flirting around and then getting undressed and, you know, all the seduction that goes with it. And then another thing that goes along with the entertainment value is how is your video editing skills, right? Because you got to consider that some people, they just use one camera and have it at one angle and that that angle kind of sucks, but they're just letting you watch them, but they're not getting the different camera angles in there. Can you set up you know, two, three, four different uh, web cameras or cameras hooked through video capture cards in order to get, you know, different angles or just get the different cameras, you know, hit record on all of them and then just kind of splice it, you know, all together at, through the video editing and create a better narrative. You know, so if you have better acting skills and better video editing skills, it shouldn't be all that hard to, you know, get some attention get some views, and then start getting some ad revenues. And then you can go off and think about different scenarios. So, you know, those are some questions that you need to be able to ask yourself if you want to think about whether to use Pornhub, uh, just like a lot of people think about using YouTube, in order to, you know, create videos and that you want to have monetized in order to make up, you know, for some income that you may not be receiving from your day job. Now, I get it. Some of you are like, really? You know, I would never consider that. Well, you know, never say never. You know, when it comes to are you going to eat or not, you know, you'd be surprised what you're willing to go through. You'd be surprised on whether or not you would be willing to do certain things. Now, for me and my wife, uh, the answer is no. The answer is no on doing anything for Pornhub. 
One, I know I don't have uh, the uh, an attractive body, at least not anymore. You know, I'm I'm hitting my late 30s here. So, you know, I don't have, you know, the 20-year-old stud body. And she is too self-conscious about her body for that to ever be a possibility. Now, if one, it's one thing uh, to be a porn creator, you know, sleeping with a bunch of porn stars, you know, that you don't really know. I mean, that is something that is very questionable. But it's another thing for you to be a porn creator with your partner, you know, with your, you know, husband, with your wife, you know, with your, you know, a fiance. Although I probably would wait until you're married. You know, because, you know, if there's a breakup, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, fiance, and things don't work out, oh boy, you got kind of bit of a little issue there, you know, especially with whose name is that account in that you're posting all those videos to, right? So, you know, I don't really see anything wrong if you want to record you having, you know, sex with your spouse and posting that on Pornhub to, go through and make a little extra money. But that is something that you're going to have to go through and, you know, consider, you know, for yourself, right? Be able to consider whether or not that is a way for you to be able to generate the extra income that you need to be able to get through these troubling times. Okay, so that's it uh, for this particular episode. I hope you enjoyed it. You know, please share uh, these episodes with anybody that you think you know, would benefit from the advice or enjoy the entertainment value that I provide here. Uh, leave me a rating and a review wherever you listen uh, to this podcast, you know, so other people can find it and know whether or not this would be a show for them. Right. And, you know, also, you know, keep, uh, you know, subscribing, recommend this to your friends, anything uh, that you can do to help get this podcast out even further to everybody. Let's try and grow the audience as much as possible. Okay. And as we do, I can go through and start hiring a team to help, you know, provide you better production value, right? And be able to provide uh, more entertainment along with the advice, right? Thank you so much for your time and attention. And as always, I will be back again soon.